Hi, I'm Ben Strivens. He's John O'Scott. Hi. And we, we watched, watched anything. anything. We trawl the depths of Netflix to find three films of the same genre, of the same genre, and watch them so you don't have to. I take one, he takes one, and there's one we both watch. So you know what to add to your list, or smash with your fist. Hello everyone, we are back with three more films to uh, try and either recommend you watch, or don't watch on Netflix. The intro is the same as last week. Mike Jelly from Oxford, you are still reigning supreme in the contributor stakes. Jono. Yes, well done. Yeah, he did do a great job. Jono, how are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm still getting over the change of the intro because the, the violent imagery of the of the smashing with one's fist, I'm, I'm not at all comfortable with. I, I, I'm yearning now to go back to the, the cosy world of flushing down loo. You know what I mean? Well, maybe you can come up with something a bit sort of softer and squidgier for next time. Or maybe yeah. someone listening come up with something yeah. a bit soft although soft and squidgy when we talk about flushing down the loo is not probably the best imagery <laughs> you need maybe something just a little bit more like a warm hug some sort of blanket <laughs> and a duvet while still kind of implying something you don't want to go anywhere near <laughs> okay um, let's stop this now okay, oh just, just thinking about um last week a tiny bit um mm. i watched your recommendation so Don't last week, creep. yeah, Ooh. last week we had one film that we thought was really worth a watch, and you were quite, um, uh, let's say, you, not, not circumspect, the wrong word. You were quite kind of, uh, um, I didn't go too spoilerific, did yeah, I? I made not an effort at not all. to tell you, too yeah, much. It, yeah, you were you were your least spoilerific ever, <laughs> and I watched it, and like I said, it, it intrigued me. I watched it, and it paid dividends. I really enjoyed it. So oh, this good. is a double vote for Creep. I've now seen it. I didn't watch the film that you told me to watch but um oh, the borderlands the borderlands yeah. but i i will i looked it up on uh on the interwebs and i almost watched it yeah no rush no rush i i mean i didn't watch the when you recommended um mm. dip, 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 dip. pitch perfect What's it called pitch perfect i didn't watch it the very next day no you didn't watch you it know. for months <laughs> um as long as that anyhow we're not going to talk about any films that you've already talked about no um last time round, the onus fell on me to choose what we were going to talk about this week and mm. i chose crime thrillers and i yes. may have taken a slight liberty with that but um we'll get to that in in the review stage so yeah i chose crime thrillers we haven't really touched crime i love crime as a genre well yeah i mean the thing is that just the word crime that covers a hell of a lot of ground doesn't it because we could be talking gangster we could be talking you know there are so many different you've got heist movies you've got about. capers you know yeah, there's exactly. a whole there's a whole bunch of stuff and i did i think veer away um, from traditional thrillers in some of my choices, but I yeah. did to look at the breadth of what was on there for crime. And what I found interesting is the amount of crime movies actually you've already heard of and probably already seen is quite high. So yeah, I went true. I went for stuff that um, it's sort of in keeping with our quest to find the best nuggets of Netflix that people haven't yet uncovered. I went for stuff that you would go, oh, he's huh. in it, so I'll watch that. But or yeah. or well, maybe ordinarily you'd go. Oh, he's in it, but you know life's too short. Whereas now I go, oh, he's in it. Those guys said it was all right, so uh, we'll give it a roll. <laughs> yeah, I had a quick question actually about mm. um, our grading because, uh, as regular listeners will know, we grade our films A, B, C, etc. Frequently D recently. Yeah, we've had a few Ds, mm. and um, generally we we've been we've been dicking about the sort of C plus to B minus for the good ones. But yeah. my point, oh yeah. So what I wanted to know is, in your mind, mm. I'm guessing. Does it go down to G, F? Oh, wow. does it go? I don't know. How low? That's a, how low can you go? That's <laughs> um, quite a key thought. It's a very good question. I mean, I would. I was thinking sort of, really, if pressed, A to E, maybe. E, um, okay. Okay, well, that really, puts a different... Because the thing is, I was thinking about this, and I was thinking, all the films that we've watched so far, we've definitely disliked some, but we've not absolutely hated you know as in no, i'd say true. like I'm we really didn't this is a this is sort of a precursor for things to come but... <laughs> no, no 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 it's just it's just that like you know art in general any kind of art you can kind of there can be there, there can be the stuff that actively gets you angry yeah that you really dislike <laughs> that you really yes. wish didn't exist oh my god although... there's a thing in the tape modern with some guy in a pig's head who you know, naked from the neck down punching himself repeatedly in the pig's head and that made me really angry how annoying it was <laughs> Well, I've always had the slight thing with Manic Street Preachers. They bring oh, me out God. Yeah, no, slightly they in me hives. Punch myself and them. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
Oh dear. But anyway, I but I just thought it was. I just wanted to know like where we're actually going to because it just puts a. You know, I feel like I need to know. Does it go down to whatever? So so F is the lowest, is it? Well, I guess. I mean, the thing or is, e. well, the thing I was looking at is like we tend to. We've been putting our midpoint around C. So yeah. C is kind of like that's not a bad movie. You should watch it. Your life's not going to end if you don't. Your life's not going to be brilliant if you do. But actually, that's not bad. It's worth a watch. And then if C is your midpoint, then it feels natural to have, like, you go between A and E, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, good. All right, that's good. Okay, nice. Clear that one up. Yeah, thanks. Um, So, all right, well, let's get this off. Like I say, enough of the old. In with the new. Jono, what did I give you? What did you think of it? Just uh, get it out there. Okay, dude, thank you. You gave me... An old film, oldish film, 1986, uh, Running Scared. I remember seeing this in video shops um, and as quite a fan of Billy Crystal, I remember considering, oh, shall I get this out? Shall I get this out? And never getting it out. It might have been, a, it looked, it's, it might have been an 18, 15, I don't know. But either way, I never saw this, so I was pleased to see it because, oh my, I really do like Billy Crystal. Yeah. Um, although not enough to actually watch all his films because I never saw this, but you know what I mean. I, I, he's a likeable screen presence. Can I he? can I just interject here? Do you know the, the, one of the main reasons I chose this movie is not mm. for Billy Crystal? I love Billy Crystal. Don't get me wrong. When Harry Met Sally, one of my favourite movies, yes, I love too, him in yeah. Spinal Tap and everything else he does. He's awesome. Um, but it was actually because of the other person in the film who I had a nostalgic twang for. Gregory Hines. Yeah, where is Gregory Hines these days? Gregory Hines was in loads of stuff in like He's the eighties. And oh, has he? Yeah. Oh, that's that would that would account for it. I thought I'd better tell you before you went on to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's making me die slightly inside, but at least I'm it means sorry, that he didn't dude. go out of favor, I guess. But yeah. that was that was the reason. Gregory Hines. Um, I thought, wow, I have not seen a Gregory Hines movie in time. So let's. So what? Do it. What? No, no, that's interesting. So because the thing is, dude. I knew of Gregory Hines, as and I knew his name. But yeah. So, so what did you know him for? I guess primarily Saigon, which is a bit of a um, him and Willem Dafoe, um, which is a bit of a firm favourite when I was about in my sort of fourteen, fifteen, oh, that, sixteen. Yeah. Old. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, okay, I had heard of Gregory Hines. Mm. I knew his face when I saw Gregory Hines, but I don't think I've. He definitely wasn't someone I knew and loved. You know, I, I can't think of a single thing of I. You know, I, I, I didn't like. I didn't know Saigon kind of thing. So. Yeah, see, that was a big favourite of mine. He was in a rage in Harlem as well, which is a cracker. Oh, yeah, I have seen that. Oh God, I'd forgotten that. Yeah. Yeah, okay. and just a whole bunch of generally quite good things. Well, I am really sorry to break the bad news, but he died you know, quite a while ago. It was in oh, 2003. Wow. Do we know mm. what of? Um, no, I didn't look that up, I'm afraid. Oh. I just saw that he wasn't around any longer. I'll look that up another time. Yes, do. Can't have been old. No, not that not that old. No, no it's sad. Yeah. But anyway, okay, so back to this film. Mm. Running Scared, 1986. The two main stars are Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines. They're wisecracking cops. In Chicago, the yeah. Chicago pops, they're quite streetwise, you know, they're sort of, um, um, I'll just give you the, the short rundown of the plot first. So they try to bust this dude, it goes wrong, and they nearly die. This, I mean, They go for a holiday in Key West. <laughs> <laughs> to get over the experience. To get over the experience, yeah. And they buy a bar there. <laughs> and they right. return to Chicago saying, okay, we're going to quit this. We're going to live the good life in, in Key West kind of thing. Okay. But then the, the guy they've just taken down when they nearly died, they find out he's out on the street and this drives them, you know, angry and they decide they want to finish it. So it's like oh. one more bust. Now, the thing is, that is the sort of the summary you'll find a lot online. I've since found mm-hmm. since watching it. But in fact, the bit when they go to Key West, it takes quite a long time to get there. So that's not that's not oh, really so an accurate summary kind of thing then. No, no, no. No, I just sorry, no, I meant within the film. There's a good sort of oh, like, right. half an hour in oh, Chicago right. I see what you mean, yeah. of like milling back and forth doing various Chicago copy things before they get down to Key paperwork. West. Paperwork. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of paperwork. <laughs> no, good one. Um yeah, so but but that's basically the 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 fulcrum around which the plot you okay. know, revolves. So so straight away, um, I do recommend that people listen to the opening credits. Is <laughs> the song is so bad? See, that's what you need—a good eighties buddy cop I song. I know you've really got because like okay, so it puts me slightly in mind of Fletch, although I genuinely quite like the beginning of Fletch. Mm. But it, do you remember that scene in Lost Boys? When... <laughs> Which I watched just the other day, strangely. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, you remember it then? I've not seen this for a long time. But do you remember the scene when? Is this the man into... with the saxophone? No. Yeah, the man with the saxophone. <laughs> I still believe. Do, 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 do. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so here, the sweaty saxophone yes. player. So basically the opening song uh, it's just got this really poor kind of keyboardy riff mm-hmm. and then this it's honestly it's the most insipid tune i've ever heard <laughs> and then the bloke who sings has got this kind of really who and, and the songs actually seems to have running scared in them okay in them. Oh, always a good it, always a good sign when the when the yeah. uh, movie's titles in the uh, opening or closing song yeah and he's just got a really sort of earnest way of singing but honestly it's a terrible and, and hilariously bad um opening credit theme song excellent but um so the movie is it's it's a buddy movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a there's a there's a sort of it's constant sort of um, banter between the wise two cracking leads. into play kind of thing. Yeah, wise cracking into play. Um, and I really liked the, the 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 people saying the lines, but I must say, I didn't necessarily believe the lines, or or they felt like they were lines, if you know yeah. what I mean. And I didn't find find it straight away that funny but there's there's still some good stuff in there don't get me wrong it was nice for me getting to know Gregory Hines because <laughs> I didn't I'm not as familiar with his work as as you but um but he's definitely he was a likable presence and yeah. just generally in this honestly the cast <laughs> is awesome because at first there's Billy Crystal so yeah. this is 1986 so this would have been the one before Princess Bride and in a couple of years he'd be filming when Harry met Sally so yeah that's you know, height that's of his awesome. powers almost yeah yeah exactly and he looks great you know he you know, it's eighties dress. You know, they're wearing eighties clothes, but actually, both of them, I don't know, look pretty cool. <laughs> um, I'm always saying sorry for my pronunciation, but right, Jimmy Smits. Yeah, there's nothing. Okay. That's how you pronounce it. Okay, and well, yeah, L.A. Laws started with Smith. him. I was confident about that one. <laughs> I, John Smith. I'm not sure how you pronounce. <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> I don't know why. The thing is, I said, like, apologise about pronunciation and then start with the easy one. Anyway, all right, Jimmy Smits is the main drug lord bad guy. Oh, know, cool. Playing that kind of bad guy that he played a lot around this era. Yeah. But he's always great and he's good in this. Um, Joe Pantoliano. Oh, he's or, awesome. Yeah, always awesome. And he plays a sort of slightly sleazy, druggy dude called Snake. He's not a particular, you know, he's definitely a supporting role. But this is the thing yeah. I'm mentioning the supporting roles. There's Dan. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this so is a great cast. This is, I know he's great. This is like if you if you had to cast your eighties action cop buddy crime thing, this is who you'd put in. You'd get all these people in. So yeah, he's um I mean he's you know, he's so he's the police captain in Usual Suspects, isn't he? Yes. He's he's basically playing that character again, only he's a little bit more um he's quite a sleepy character in that in a way, isn't he? Um John Grease. Grease. G R I E S is in it. Now I mentioned him because The name rings a bell, but I'm not it's not Okay, well, he plays a kind of undercover cop. I think you'd recognise him, but I mean, mm. he's in Get Shorty as just a kind of thug. I love Get Shorty. I know, I know, I know. You love Get Shorty, but you don't like Napoleon Dynamite, and he's no. the and he's the uncle of Napoleon Dynamite, who's obsessed with the past. Which is the he is the funniest thing in Napoleon Dynamite. Okay. He's awesome in it. Anyway, so that's just a few of the um, quite cool people in it. So, um, so just to get to get on. This with is the- this is sounding great so far. Terrible song. Great yeah. cast. <laughs> yeah. It's quite slick looking. You can see that it's sort of um, big budget for its time. Mm-hmm. But the, I mean, but there are problems, right? So the director is Peter Hyams. Um, the things that I saw in his list that sort of jumped out at me was like fairly second string stuff like Time Cop, End of Days, The Relic. I always had a soft spot for The Relic. I've, I've got a soft spot for End of Days as well. I'm sorry. Just there's one really... scene where um, Arnie sticks a pizza and like a milkshake and some Pepto-Bismol and I think some booze in a blender and then just blends that and drinks that for breakfast. I thought that was awesome. <laughs> really well. The Relic. I was at a suspect for a bit when a cop has noticed he's the only one in ruffled shirts. <laughs> he made me laugh. But he, I think he's also known for doing the sort of like sequel to um, oh, oh, most famous science fiction film of all time. Come on. Oh, oh, 2010. Yeah, yeah. 2001 Space Odyssey. He kind of did the sequel to that. Yeah, I wouldn't say, you know, the dire- the direction's amazing. I mean, th- th- there are some action sequences that you can kind of see, okay, this guy can do action. Mm. The the edits every now and then are a bit clunky, but it's the sound. The sound is awful. As in <laughs> the machine guns. The, 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 there's a lot of shooting in this film. Yeah. The shooting is terrible. And there's this um, chase towards the end. I'm not going to give away too much plot just because um, I'm not, but... Um, there's this car chase which ends up getting onto the the elevated tracks in Chicago. You know they go on the train, yeah, on the train line, 
and the sort of sound of the tires going over the sort of the bu- 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 sounds like like a kid playing with a balloon really quick or something. Oh, brilliant! And there's another bit when the train coming, and I swear it sounds like Chewie. I almost listened to <laughs> I listened to it again two or three times, thinking, have they actually got that from Star Wars as a kind of sound man's gag? Because it sounds so much like Chewie. I'm not going to do a Chewie impression because I was never very good at them. No. But um, the crux of the whole thing happens when they bust this Gonzalez character, the Jimmy Smith's character, mm. and the captain is annoyed because the whole point was that the DA were gathering evidence for a bigger bust, you see, and this is when they go down oh, to Key okay. West. Cue the holiday in Key West. Yeah. And then cue hilariously poor montage with like <laughs> bikinis, beer drinking, this awful sea fishing scene when Gregory Hines is in grey pants and it's just not good. The thing is, I did like the buddy movie element, but I didn't. I wanted to love this film. Yeah, I had, and, see, I, I gave you something I thought you might either love or it was just going to be an absolute pile of poo that you still might really enjoy. Like, yeah. I, like I said, I, I sort of did, I know, veer away from the crime sort of thriller vibe, but I just figured it was crimey enough that you got two cops and then it sort of celebrates that. Like, an 80s buddy cop movie has got so much potential to be great, especially with yeah. Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines in. I know, and I totally agree. But yeah, there were definitely a few moments that made me laugh. And as I say, I, I just liked watching the people on screen and I would recommend it simply from that point of view. But it didn't actually make me laugh out loud very much. I, and I didn't find it charming, you know? Oh, I see, did... that's what I was really expecting, was that if nothing else, it was going to be charming. Yeah, and that, that thing, and that was the, the biggest disappointment for me, really. Um, but like I say, I wouldn't stre- go so far as to say it's, it's bad. It just wasn't... It, I wanted it to be charming. Yeah. And it definitely wasn't. But there, I mean, there was still some good... Like, there's this good scene when... I can't remember how far through it is, but they go to an address and this Hispanic lady sort of opens the door and Billy Crystal has some line where he just sort of says something like, hi, we sell Tupperware. Um, we're looking for Gonzalez and we sold him some <laughs> Jello moulds or something we can't seem to find. And, you know, yeah. in his delivery, it's really funny. Meanwhile, the other, like, Gregory Hines is, like, trying to wave at a little kid who's giving him oh, a finger. Oh, community swearing children was the last point. <laughs> oh, and, and actually, that scene... Um, the other thing I was quite pleased because I recognised the Hispanic lady because she was in Die Hard. Oh, as Die the, Hard. As the Die maid. Hard. <coughs> yeah, it's the maid. And in that film, she got threatened by the by the um, yes. the sleazy reporter guy with green yeah, yeah, card, yeah. you know, with the IRS or whatever. And in this, she gets exactly the same. So in the 1980s, this poor Betty Carvalho, I looked her up, was just constantly <laughs> being threatened with deportation. In on film sets, but um, I, I feel like I've already drawn out some of the things I liked about it. But it it's it's a bit too long. Mm-hmm. The plot that it hangs together sort of, but also it's a little bit every there's quite there's every now and then there's a really obvious bit of basil exposition. But in ways I didn't mind that because really you just want the wisecracking banter between everyone. So I was happy to just go along with the for the ride. Yeah. But that said, Smits is great. He didn't have any. Gen- I didn't find his character scary. There was no genuine threat. Right. You, do you know what I mean? Yeah, Where, yeah. And, and I think films. Right. So the films that this reminded me of, some of my favourite sort of actiony comedy eighties films. It reminded me of Stakeout, which is the following year, nineteen eighty. Which I have never seen. Like, it was one oh, of those God. things that everyone loves, really? and I have never seen. I mean, okay. I've seen bits of Stakeout. I've never seen it all the way through. Okay. Uh, well, it's good. It reminded me of. Well, I think in this country it was known as Deadly Pursuit. But I looked it up again just to check the year. Oh, that has another name, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's Shoot to Kill. I love that. that was, actually, that's yeah. one of the first movies I ever got bought on video by my parents, I think. It really? Sydney Poitier. Poitier, yeah. Tom Berenger, Kirstie Alley, Clancy Brown. Great movie. Yeah, yeah it's, oh, well, I'm, I'm glad you, 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 you're you with me on that. Mm. And um, and it also reminded me a bit of Midnight Run. See, that's this is, this is one of the reasons I picked it, because I thought, you know, we have a, a shared love of Midnight Run. Yeah, and definitely. I thought it might, you know, there was just little potential for it to veer into that territory. I mean, it doesn't have the majesty of Charles Grodin, but no, um, you know, that's good. No, though, it does have the majesty of Billy Crystal. Well, yeah, yeah, so, exactly. But without, but it didn't. It's not as good without as any of those films because notes, it didn't yeah. have it didn't have any of those laugh out loud moments. And as well, I would say all three of those films have genuine threat from the bad guys. Smith's is fine, but he doesn't have that threat. I don't know. I it just I've, didn't I've, do it. It just didn't. It, for me, it didn't quite click. Yeah. And I, but I don't think it was necessarily their fault. I think the script just wasn't quite there. Things didn't hang out. I didn't suspend disbelief enough or something. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with it, but it was not as good as I hoped it would be. But that said, I would definitely say turn it on for the terrible opening music. Awesome. And 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 watch the first sort of twenty minutes for the the 
just seeing these people on screen because there are some awesome people in this film. Yeah. And I and I really have a lot of love and respect for the individuals in this film. I just have a feeling the writer and director weren't necessarily the right people to get the best out of them. Yeah, fair enough. And uh, giving it... Now we've talked so much at the top of the show about the grade. Hmm. Well, with regret, I'm going to give this a C-. minus. That's, that's fine, I think. There's, you know, if you're in the C camp, you're still not in a bad place. You know? Yeah. Still not a bad place. Yeah. Okay, brilliant. Well, I might still check that out. Or I might... I think, you know, I might well check out the first 20 minutes. <laughs> Do. So, okay, we're going to move on to mine. Good. Um... Now, I have a slight confession to make. Mm-hmm. Um, is this going to make me angry? It's not going to make you angry. <laughs> I hope it doesn't make you angry. I saw this film and was just like, oh, I really, 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 really want to watch that. Um, and so I sort of did give myself a bit of a ringer, I think. Oh, okay. Oh, I don't mind that. I thought you were going to say you gave yourself a film you'd already seen or something like yeah. you gave yourself like, you know, <laughs> it's this crime sound movie of music you may not have heard of called The Departed. And, uh, <laughs> little known director. Well, though, saying that, see, this is the thing. So I still used our criteria. Mm. However, it is a film from 1981. That isn't really a however point, is it? Um, it's a film from 1981. It stars James Kahn. James Kahn again. I know. I just can't get enough of Kahn. And it is directed by somebody I love with a passion and had never seen this film. And I also, I, actually, I did a straw poll of people. I texted you about it, which isn't much of a straw poll, but I asked around um, people mm. I know who know movies and only one of them had ever seen this before. So I figured it still works as a movie that few people have seen. It's Michael Mann's first film. It's his first feature before oh, he made the key. Really? You gave yes. yourself a Michael Mann film, you bastard. Sorry. <laughs> Honestly, you give me this bull crap to wade through and give yourself Michael Bloody Man. I was just oh, really well. fascinated to see how good it was. Yeah. Um, no, that does sound I'm, and, I'm, and well, I thought, now I'm immediately interested and intrigued. I thought so this is a film we have to watch. You know, we have to throw ourselves on the altar of our listeners and watch this for them so they either do or don't have to. Now, Martyr. Um, I, yeah, it's, so it's 81, so it's, it's, it's Michael Mann's first feature, apparently. It's James Kahn being pretty damn James Carney. Um, and it is also Tuesday Weld as the, uh, the female oh, lead. Yes, really? I know. My God, you poor thing, watching <laughs> Tuesday Weld. Yeah, terrible. Um, uh, and but essentially the, the movie starts with um we sort of we, we come in as this uh low sort of slow push into this building and we see we say we come to Khan with this big sort of rig set up and he is drilling through a safe with this awesome electronic soundtrack and I'm thinking, God this sounds quite wow. Vangelisy. I find out later it's Tangerine Dream. Oh who scored it. But um I saw live once. Oh really? That's quite cool. Um, They were awesome. But it's one of those great sort of like fetishistic things as well. So it starts off, you know, big. And we saw the massive drill is going through the safe. And then it gets like right up deep into the drill bit. And it's great. And it just and and you just get this real picture built up that James Kahn is this awesome safe cracker, basically. And he does this sort of really cool. But it's very much like I read this thing. I can't remember who wrote it now, but it was all about the sort of almost sexualization of process in movies. Okay, well, you talked about this in one other oh, podcast when you were yeah. talk, when you no, you just talked about it a bit when you because <laughs> I remember you used the rather horrifying phrase, "oiling the slide." Oh, really yes. creepy yeah, voice yeah, yeah. did my head. I think it was probably yeah. about um, the other James Caan movie, um, <laughs> yeah. but uh, it's very much yeah, this is very much it's all about like the just it's very almost sensual the way that they concentrate on the drill going through and things like that, and it also yeah. it sort of like tries to just throw you into this feeling that that you're you know, cracking this safe kind of thing. And then, so Khan cracks the safe, pulls a bunch of stuff out and then buggers off. And you kind of, it's, it's very cool. It's very like he comes, he gets out. He's got a driver waiting in the street. He hands over the merchandise to the driver, the guy he's with, they separate, they go into different cars, they go into another different cars again. And then you realize the guy he's with, I'm like, I recognize that dude. He's quite chubby, but Oh my God, it's James Belushi. Wow, James Belushi. So you've got like oh, a young, chubby yes. James Belushi, um, way pre-canine. He was, in quite, he was in quite a lot of sort of, sort of slightly serious, slight, slightly comic action films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, wasn't he? But he, this is much yeah, more of like, um, I mean, I, I don't want to do too many comparisons between Thief and Heat, 
but he's mm. very much like the Val Kilmer role in Heat oh, really? to okay, James Caan's yeah. De Niro kind of thing. Yeah, okay. Um, and so, but they they get into two cars, they separate, blah blah blah, and they go off. Cut to the next day, and James Caan is walking into his car lot, and it becomes apparent that actually he runs a used car dealership. So he's kind of thief by night, used car dealer by day. Some may say thief by day. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you turn. Yeah, just kill me now. Um, but uh, and then it's, you see him go, and he goes to see his fence. Um, in, in sort of in, in, is it, everything. It's almost like it's not one. It almost feels one takey in the way that that man does it because we see him walking through the car lot. He goes to his office and then he sort of comes out, goes to the diner, and then he sort of sits with his fence in the diner. And it almost feels like it should be a long Steadicam shot. It's not, but it has that sort of fluidity of motion to it. Goes mm. to the diner, sees the fence, hands over the diamonds. The fence says, um, my bosses kind of want to have a chat with you. And he basically says, yeah, I'm not really very interested. Let's, I, I just rob stuff. You sell it. You give me the money. Done. And then it's just as he's, he said, I'll get the check. He gets up, goes to pay, and then starts talking to the girl who works in the diner. And it turns out that they have a thing going on. So he says he'll pick her up that night. That's what I mean. It, had just, it just goes very much. It's very sort of fluid and circular. It's like, car lot, diner, exchange with fence, see the yeah. girl, make a date, boom, back. Um, anyhow, he then sends, because it's all very compartmentalised, but you you get this feeling, like I say, from, from the beginning, you get this feeling that they're very slick. Yeah. Like, they, this is what they do. They do it very well. And they know, you know, they know precisely what they're doing. They're very, very good. Um, and so then he sends his buddy off to go and meet the fence later to pick up the cash they're supposed to get. Mm. And they find the fence is dead. The cash is gone. And this right. then sets Khan off on a chain of events, essentially. He right. goes looking for the cash um, to the guy he thinks has taken it off the dead body. He intimidates him and his whole lot. He doesn't really mind about walking into an office building full of ostensibly normal people just with a gun out and basically pointing at everyone. Um, yeah. And because he's intimidated this guy, this guy pumps it up to his boss, who is a sort of mafia fence, mafia sort of um, middleman or whatever, um, who then pretty much bundles Khan into a car and presents him with an offer and says, look, I want you to work for me and I want you to yeah to pull jobs for me, and then we'll we'll um, we'll work out your percentage. And Khan is kind of like you know what I'm not very interested. And the guy says, well, you know it's going to be big scores. I've got like I've got a, a, a view on big scores, really big scores, and we'll work out an arrangement that's mutually acceptable to us. And James Khan basically says, look, all right, I'll do it, but on my terms, and I only want to take down one or two big scores, and then I'm out. That's it. <laughs> Um, and and he seems you know, he's he's very controlled. He's very much like you know, I'm me. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. And uh, incidentally, this meeting gets sort of overseen by a couple of cops on a who are on stakeout kind of thing. You know, they're being watched. Oh right. Yeah. Okay. Um. Then are they in a van? Are they like in one of no, those vans that's parked over the street? No, no, no. They're in like an office in because he gets taken to see this guy in the docks. They're sort of in an office in the docks full of old food wrappers and microphones. Oh, okay, um, but he uh, then he goes off this thing has made him late to meet up with his girlfriend she gets the hump he uh, basically he finds her in this bar that he was supposed to take her to at a, to a gig um, and the bartender interestingly is um, the investigator in Manhunter you know the main the main dude in Manhunter oh is yeah. it oh cool um, but he, I love Manhunter. Oh, so do I. Don't, I'll get started mm. later on how much I love Michael Mann movies. But yeah. um, he, I've still not seen loads of them. But yeah, Manhunter I've seen a few times. Yeah, go on. But he drags her out of the bar essentially, even though because she's telling him to piss off. And he drags her out of the bar, sticks her in his car, and basically just massively apologizes, which sort of turns into a marriage proposal. Huh. and he whips out this piece of paper from his wallet, which is like a collage of how it's almost like one of those realization boards. So it's how he wants his life to turn out. It's kind of weird. He's like photocopied a bunch of images from magazines, but it's sort of it's his plan for the future. And he basically says, look, do you want to be a part of this? And she kind of says, well, I can't have kids. He's like, no, it's fine. We'll adopt one. Um, 
And they sort of just end up being together from that. It's all very kind of like... How far through the film are we? Oh, we're pretty... We're hardly anywhere in. We're like 20 minutes in. Oh, right. Um, But this is almost like everything he does is very deliberate. So this is sort of his plan. Right, this is happening kind of thing. He's this really Hmm. super controlled, deliberate guy. And um, so he thinks... You realise that he's taken this sort of thing with the mafia because he'll do this one or two big scores. Cash, sorted... House, life, family, don't need to do any more. Yeah. Um, this is going to be great. Um, and then they get together to start planning this heist, and it is predictably the impossible heist kind of thing. And there's some great scenes where they're all scoping out together, and then he gets to go to see his guy to make him a machine to cut through the wall. The wall. And it all just sort of continues in this vein leading up to the heist. And I don't think it's a real spoiler to say they do like this cool thing works and they pull off the heist and it's it's enormous. But I don't really want to go any further from Plot-wise. there because mm. there is more plot than you think there is. Right. OK. Um, I do sound enthusiastic about this and that's because I am because it is absolutely awesome. I'm already quite sold. I want to watch this um, already. Well, uh, one of the thoughts I had watching this, and then I did sort of look at stuff on the old interwebs after, Mm. is there are many, many similarities to Drive. And then you realise that this is a key text for Nicholas Winding Refn to have made Drive. Like, he must have watched a good million watches of Thief, because the way Khan is, that sort of almost like a emotionless thing he does, it's not quite as withdrawn as Gosling, but um, very much the way the sort of the processy stuff is done, the, yeah, the, you know that yeah. that sort of driving electronic score with Tangerine Dream, um, yeah, and then, yeah. then what they did with Drive. Uh, it, there's there's so many bits where you just like this feels quite drivey or Drive, <laughs> and then you go well actually Drive feels quite thiefy. Yeah, um, and I yeah. yeah I love Drive, and this didn't really diminish that at all. It just like oh wow here is Drive's daddy kind of thing. Yeah, um, James Khan is absolutely fantastic there's none of that i mean there's bits of rage because he does rage quite well but there's none of that sort of like uncontrolled sonny corleone thing he's yeah he's super controlled he's very very cool um cool. john belushi uh, sorry jim belushi is is great there and oh yeah the whole supporting cast are great there's like a subplot with the cops who are trying to um rope him in to pay them off and stuff and the uh the main mafia dude i was like trying to work out for ages who it was because he's one of those guys you've just seen in a million things, but he was the desk sergeant in uh, Hill Street Blues. If that rings any bells for you, because I used to love watching Hill Street Blues. It, I must admit, it doesn't really. But I suspect if I see a picture of him, I'll know who you mean. Yeah, but I mean, there's so many great bits. I mean, it feels a bit it has feeling. It feels a little bit like Scarface at times, but I think that's the time mm. kind of thing. And this yeah. is like amazing. Oh, this the shot when he comes, when he actually comes upon the vault, the, the sort of uncrackable vault. The first time he sees it is such an epic shot. It's beautiful. Um, and it's I have just, a quick... it's so Michael Mann stylish. Yeah. Okay. Well, just on the Michael Mann subject, mm. um, are there any scenes in beachfront properties with lots of glass? No. I mean, it's very not his sort of like Miami Vice kind of vibe. Mm. Um, and it's Chicago, not LA. And Chicago, by necessity, I think, is a much grimier. Oh, we both had Chicago films. Yeah. That's good. Much grimier, dirtier sort of. You know, vibe than LA is, and there's none of that. Yeah. There are no top-down shots that are, that are covered in blue light as well, which is another yeah. thing you quite. Well, like that's the thing I associate him with, like everyone does, but with blue light yeah. and always a scene when a bit of saxophone might be going, and you're in sort of yeah some kind of beachfront, yeah. looking out at the sea in moonlight, kind of. Thing. Yeah, no, there, there isn't there isn't that little bit in there, but there may be a bit of blue light. But um, mm. like I, I've got pages of notes I wrote because I was so enthusiastic about it, but I cool. don't really want to go through them because it's great. And mm. that's all you need to know because if you don't, I'm not. I'm not going to ruin it for you. I just think you really should watch it. Well, I just want to quickly cut in and just say a big, big thank you, Ben, for <laughs> taking that bullet by you know by by selflessly watching the Michael Mann film with James Caan. I know. I'm sorry. I did feel guilty, but then the part of me that didn't feel guilty was the part that went. I'm watching a Michael Mann film with James Caan. It's brilliant. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I, I did. I, I think fundamentally, you're still owed something from the fact that you watched um, 
Life Without Dick. Yes. Which I still think in ways is the worst thing we've watched out of this entire series. <laughs> I think it films. quite might well be. This is this is evening up my balance for Life Without Dick. And quite yeah. frankly, for the Ouija experiment last week as well. Because you <laughs> yeah, got Creep, so which cool. was really quite good. And the Ouija experiment <laughs> was really quite terrible. That is a yeah. smash with your fist. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, there's not that much more I can say about it, basically. This is a touchstone. I don't want to make too many comparisons with Heat. Although you can obviously see that some of the stuff he did with um thief he then put later into play with heat because it, yeah. it shares dna yeah but, sure. um they're, they're they're definitely it's not like this was um this was his sort of learning picture to make heat though because this is very much in its own right a different film like i say it's much more redolent of drive although you know drive has that sort of dystopian thing that Heat does but uh i think it's it's just it's just fantastic wow um so what are you going it. to give it? This sounds like I reckon we're about to hear the highest recommend we, this is, this, score. This is quite happily an A. I'm, I'm really, really happy. Oh, wow, this is my first exciting. A of the, 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 our podcast. Um, it's oh, it's just cool. great. I loved it. I will oh, good. watch it again many times. It's really, really good. Um, don't stop listening to the podcast and watch it. Finish listening to the podcast. And then the next thing you should do is go and watch Thief. Wow, Thief from 1981. Did 1981, you say? yeah. Thief from 1981. Wow. Well, that's really cool. I'm so glad it was that good. Um, so am and I. I'm definitely going to watch it. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Awesome. Yeah, you should do. You'd love it, dude. Oh, just a quick thing, a quick cut in. Just um, on the drive thing. Did you notice a couple of years ago? Did you did you see like the BBC did a thing where they got? I think it was BBC organised. They got a whole load of people like indie bands and musicians, to do a new soundtrack for the film Drive. No, I didn't. That's very Maybe strange. Maybe it wasn't the BBC, but I, it was some kind of curated thing where, yeah, a whole load of bands got involved and did a new soundtrack for Drive. And I just sort of think, why do a new soundtrack for Drive? Why not choose a film? With a terrible you know, soundtrack. With a terrible soundtrack, like Running Scared. <laughs> <laughs> and give that like really cool indie moody track. You know, that would be awesome. That would be worth yeah, doing. Yeah, why, why Drive is... The soundtrack yeah. to Drive is is so integral to the movie that's ridiculous. Yeah. Wow. Anyway. Anyway. Well, moving on. I was looking through the crime vaults, as it were, and this mm-hmm. jumped out at me purely because it was a genre mashup. Yeah. And it's like it's taken two bits of crime and smushed them together, and I figured that's either going to be a bit of genius or a disaster. So let's uh, let's see if we're going to dodge a bullet. Or take one for the team, really? Yeah, and I'm just going to jump in and just... Because I think this is just... Because I totally agree. I I started watching this, and then when the moment I got what the concept was, I thought, I can see why Ben chose this. So, mm. the title of this film, people, is The Last Heist. And here's the summary that you will see everywhere on the internet, but it just does... It, it tells us where we are. A bank robbery goes terribly wrong when one of the hostages turns out to be a wanted serial killer. Boom. Now... Boom, exactly. <laughs> yeah, now, this is either okay. a recipe for pure terribleness or a great idea. You get a heist movie and a serial killer movie. Now, it's a really recent film, isn't it? What year was it? It was made in um, 2015, released this year, 2016. Yeah, yeah. So this is, like, in, I think this is our most recent release that we've watched. Just about. And um, and I suppose the, the other sort of headline is that it stars... Henry Rollins. <laughs> Henry Rollins as the deranged serial killer. Oh, yeah. Now, I was just so... Uh, the thing is, I really love Henry Rollins Me too. just as a, as a human being. Yeah, as an, an, I, as an existing thing, I love yeah, Henry Rollins. Yeah, just, just as a presence. Yeah. I think he's a marvellous presence on this planet. And it, it, he just always immediately makes me laugh. Yes. Because the very first time that Henry Rollins came into my head, I can't pretend I knew who the hell Black Flag were, but a friend of mine at school showed me this, this 12-inch record he'd just bought. Called, uh, of, and the single was Low Self-Opinion by Rollins Band. Yeah. But I, I read Rolling Band for quite a long time. I thought... They were I thought called the Rolling was, Band. Yeah, which is a really naff name. And I remember kind of like going up to him and going, yeah, you heard of Rolling Band? Apparently they're really good. <laughs> but anyway, it was Rollins Band. Anyway, yeah, I like Henry Rollins. And so I was pleased that we had a Henry Rollins um, joint, so to speak. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So do you want to go further? Do you want to go further with a synopsis? Well, yeah, I'll, I'll slightly expand upon that. Um, we... <laughs> we sort of start off um, with this just terribly lit bank. <laughs> Did you notice this? Yeah, I just love the way you focus. 
the first thing. It's terribly lit bank. Well, it's just it's bizarre. It's this sort of bank that's um that's closing down. Yeah, but you. And I guess they're trying to make it look a bit ghetto, but it's just full of shadows. Everyone's casting a shadow everywhere. Like, it is really badly lit. But anyway, mm. that's this um, this this sort of closing down bank in a strip mall or something, it looks like. And uh, there are various people at the bank. And then you have these people who are obviously coming to hold up the bank. They're in the back of a van. Yeah, and they're waiting in a white van waiting, outside, yeah. aren't they? And uh, they're sort of a bit bickery with each other. And then they get out and they pull on their masks, which are all quite menacing. Yeah. Um, and they come on into the bank and essentially take everyone who's in their hostage and uh, demand to be shown to the vault, essentially. But at the same time that they've broken in, um, Henry Rollins, who we've heard news reports about... Yeah, at the very killer. start, you hear sort of like the serial killery news reports. Yes. Done by, is it like radio reports you're hearing? It's but something like, like that, yeah. Yeah, and what is he called? Is he called the Windows Killer or something? I think so, yeah. It's something like that, isn't it? And basically his thing is that he likes taking their eyes. Yes, he takes out people's eyes. Yeah. And Rollins has shown up at the bank and sort of said, look, sorry, um, I didn't give you any notice, but uh, I, I didn't realise you were closing down. Bond. Here's my driving licence. Let me go. I've got the stuff in my safe deposit box and I'm going down to get it, please. And that's all fine. Yeah. So they break into the bank. They don't realise Rollins is downstairs. Um, but they do notice that someone is missing as well. So they say, oh, right, well, one of you lot. Yeah, go down. There's a register or something. Yeah. Isn't it? So they know that like they're missing an employee and a punter. Yeah. yeah. So straight away, one of the things that really hit me going into this bank, apart from the bad lighting, is that um, <laughs> the bank manager is John O'Brien, who has played bit parts in absolutely everything in the entire universe. Like oh. I couldn't even pinpoint. Oh, yeah. I was like, I really recognise you, and I couldn't even pinpoint it because it is literally he's been bit parts in, in everything. everything. There's been hundreds of great films and TV series, and he's always like credited as man with you know man with camera, guy oh, yeah. on phone, something like that. But it's just he's this sort of omnipresence. Anyway, oh. it sort of develops in that uh, we find out that one of the guys in charge or the guy in charge of the heist his brother is actually working at the bank that day yeah who would have thought who would have thunk it oh i thought you were off today sorry and that at that point he just takes his mask off and goes yeah sorry about that and then they all take mm. their masks off because they just figured they might as well yeah um and they send this girl down now one of the first things i noticed about this is that all the female characters i think they've tried to write them as strong female characters but the problem is that they think a strong female character means someone who swears aggressively every four words. Yeah, and the guys I know. are all quite it was measured. Quite sweary, wasn't it? But all the girls—it's only the girls. The guys are all like, the guys are kind of like, "Hey, I'm going to hold at the bank." Oh, it's my brother. But the girls like, "Fuck you!" And they're just yeah. like these little terrier creatures, all of them. There's not a yeah. single like sympathetically written female character. They're yeah, just there's an Australian really... one, wasn't there? Who's, yes, who I think has been in Neighbours. She, she spent quite a long like time in Neighbours, and she's she is really sweary and really yeah. aggressive and then there's the other one who's sweary and aggressive to her as well and just yeah, yeah. and then they send so they send one of the sweary aggressive ladies down to the vault oh that's right yeah. to go and find the uh, other two people who yeah. should be down there um and one of them is the brother who comes up and she goes down and she finds rollins and by this time we've seen that what rollins is taking out of his safety deposit box is which a collection of eyeballs. Yes, in glass jars. Preserved eyeballs in glass jars. Yeah. Um, so she comes up on him. And uh, he essentially... I really liked this scene, actually. It's just, but this is... like He just basically rather quickly just slashes her artery and goes, Well, your artery's slashed. So you're yeah. sort of dying. So you yeah, might, you've got about nine minutes. Yeah, so you might want to stop attacking me and deal with yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um and then she doesn't. She sort of is too aggressive and feisty, so she attacks him again, and he slashes another artery. Because um, now he's got that three minutes. Yeah, but he does utter the immortal line. He's like, I'm not laughing at you. Yeah, I'm laughing with you. Yeah, I <laughs> know. Which is it's like, awesome. I, I, really, I was really pleased they got that line in, but also when you examine it, you kind of think, that makes no, no sense. No sense at Cause all. Because AC's not laughing. What What do you mean? Yeah, but, yeah, but, but it was re- I know that really got me good point. And it was around this time, dude, yeah. when I realised, I mean, I suppose I should have realised earlier, but I realised, oh, we're kind of in Sharknado land. You know, yes. this is the thing. We're in that kind of film. And the director... Made. I can't remember the name of the director. But I've got it written made, down here. It's a guy called Mike Mendez, and he made... Big ass spiders yes. and lava lantula. 
and that's Which what I this is it's not someone yeah. had a good idea it's someone went this in the sort of it's, i guess it's a new wave of corman sort of thing someone went yeah i've got a new idea for schlock heist movie with a serial killer yeah yeah exactly and the thing is i suppose once I'd kind of taken that on board, which was around this scene onwards, I think, mm. I, I, something shifted in my head and mm-hmm. I kind of, I started sort of like, because I was beginning to think, God, that's, that, because at the line, you know, a really silly line would happen. I go, what, really? And then I kind of, went, oh, it's because it's that kind of film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I started forgiving some of the stupidity. Yeah. But, I yeah. mean, I say the whole, the whole situation obviously deteriorates. Rollins starts working mm. his way through the people. Um, popping out more eyes. I mean, one thing I start, started... You're right. At the beginning, I started to really unfavorably compare this to one of my favourite films. Um, which I don't know why ben. it's one of my favourite films, but I can't stop... I, I keep coming back to it, and I just love it. It's Inside Man. Oh, okay. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, yeah okay, good. I absolutely yeah. love that movie. I think it's just... It, and I, it, it plays on so many levels. There's so many great things about it. Mm. Um and you know, obviously, there's a very sort of large similarity in the in the heistiness of it, kind of thing. And yeah, you yeah. sort of go, oh god, this is awful. Um, yeah. But you're right. As soon as you start, as soon as Henry Rollins kind of goes, I'm not laughing at you, <laughs> as he's putting eyeballs into a bag. You're like, yeah, we're in that territory. That's yeah, this fine. One, the other bit was when um so. So what within the film, the plot develops because like obviously they've got hostages inside mm. this bank because oh yeah because someone manages to text yes the cops that text nine one one and there's a couple of repeated gags of you can do that you know and a few people ask and they're really surprised <laughs> that, that you can actually just text to nine one one yeah and like and it, so it, there's definitely a little bit of humour in it and as well you can kind of tell there's this bit when so one of the key characters is the investigating detective, this female detective, who is a sympathetic character, who's not too sweary, I suppose. No, but she's she? awful. Yeah, oh yeah, she's, she's a terrible. really, but... really bad actress. Yeah, but... She's quite, she... she's quite... She's not that sympathetic. She's a bit nasty to everyone. I suppose so. With... I, I guess at first she doesn't seem that nasty. Yeah. I guess, that's all I mean. And she just seems quite tough and manly, yeah. I think. I don't think she seems nasty the, from the moment you meet her. Yeah, that's why I say everyone is pretty terrible. Yeah. Rollins plays it like nicely high camp. He's very evilly menacing in like a nice campy Rollins way. The plot is paper thin and ridiculous. They throw it gets worse as it goes. Oh yeah, especially when they go for the twist. I know the twist. I just thought by then it was like it was leaving me colder, colder, and then. And Every time is... Rollins gets someone, you see there's a there's a there's a bit of a shock with when the corpse comes out, and obviously it's all hideous because it doesn't have eyes. But it's not hideous; they just look like they've got prunes yeah. on their face. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And it's a weird like something they do when somehow Rollins, who is massive, mm. is like is do you remember Tombs? The there was a episode Tombs. of X Files. It was like a three parter Tombs, and he was like, oh, and yes, he would always like yes. go through air vents, and he was like very malleable and weird. And but mm. Rollins is like traveling through these tiny air vents soundlessly. <laughs> Apart from one, there's, there's one tiny bit where they make mention of like someone goes, oh, so walk through the air vent again. Um, but generally, he's sort of like jumping in and out of these air vents to kill people. But and it is ridiculous, it's utterly ridiculous. Uh, but unfortunately, I think my big problem with it because I was kind of going with it, I was kind of like, yeah, this is great. Yeah, me too. It, it just gets a bit boring. Yeah, like I totally the last twenty minutes, the they is... just don't really quite know what to do with it. So they they throw what they think are some great like twists and stuff at it, but it, they, they don't really, and it it just just gets a bit dull. Yeah, I basically because I, I, I I've written a novel that's never going to get published. The first two thirds is all right, but then I just ran out of ideas, so I just machine gunned a whole load of bizarre <laughs> twists at my book and get each one more unbelievable than the last. And I feel like they kind of did that with this. Yeah, that kind of just... it was. We don't know how to end this. Let's just throw this in, yeah. and then it's got like, and, and then let's make it so they're all made out of Lego <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's totally weird. And they try and, and, and turn. And into... I totally stopped caring about any of them by the end. Yeah, they try and do a sort of Tarantino-esque Mexican standoff at the end, and it just doesn't work oh, at yeah. all. No, that's really and then you have that sort of like just ridiculousness of like the resurrecting Rollins. No, well the thing is, I'm I I, I didn't hate it because, like I say, I I, I didn't hate it either. No, because it, it'd be a bit like hating a cocker spaniel. That 
there's 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 no point hating a cocker spaniel because they won't care and they'll carry on being a cocker spaniel and it's a bit like that you yeah know, you, it's just it's just a ridiculous little thing but i agree it's fun to be had in the beginning it's worth watching for the rollins i'm not laughing at you line um, <laughs> yeah, and which is quite early on if you want to see the ridiculousness of um people thinking that shouting um the f word at each other makes you strong uh <laughs> But like I, 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 I have the same feeling as you. I wouldn't say avoid this like the plague because it's really not that bad. I mean, it's bad, mm. but it's not that bad. It's sort of like if you know you're in Sharknado territory, you know what you're buying into. And you go, yeah. look, someone's made a heist movie with a serial killer in and it's not yeah. even that long. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. It doesn't totally outstay its welcome, mm. although that said, I was quite bored yeah. by the end. The last 20 minutes. The thing is, actually, you know what? Even if you watch Narrow This and then just turned it off... Um, Rollins survives, everyone else dies. You knew I'm that gonna... was going to happen. Don't tell me you didn't from the first five minutes. <laughs> and actually, you can just leave it there. It's fine. <laughs> but, you, you know, you'll have had 60 minutes of like, that passed the time, didn't it? Well, I did something else on the computer and ate some Jaffa cakes. Yeah. I think we're in agreement. The thing is, I think we should jump in and say what we're going to... Because I think we give this a D. Yeah, I think we give it a... I'm, I'm... But D with quite a lot of... With not a D lot plus? Of, but a D... Can, I, can I argue for a D plus? I think I'm still going to give it a D, but okay. it's not like a, it's definitely not. A, I I hate you, D. It's a kind of you know this is kind of fun. D. No, but like I gave the um, I gave the whole Ouija experiment a D, and I wouldn't recommend anyone watch uh, that. Yeah, I'm going to no, go for is... a D plus because this has a funny line from Henry Rollins. It has some jars of eyes, and yeah. um, it has the most <laughs> twisty, turny, ridiculous subplot you've ever seen. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, no, right, I'm, yeah. I'm going to when you, when you, I mean, I've not seen Ouija Experiment, but you're right. That did sound awful. And this is definitely better than that sounded. Yes. D plus. <laughs> it, gets, it, gets, it gets a plus mark for effort. You, you tried. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Okay, good. So that leaves I think us. we've done our films. We have done the films. That leaves us in limbo now, Johnny. Yeah, well, no, it doesn't. Because um, I know what genre is going to be. Prison dramas. Oh, prison dramas. So it's almost sort of like it's quite tied up to today. To today's with, uh, with yeah. crime. From yeah. crime to prison. So now, crime to prison. See, I do like a good prison there. drama. Although recently, I've been watching quite a lot of. Well, I, I lie when I say quite a lot of, but um, <laughs> prison sort of rea- reality things. I quite like, you know, oh, prison doc. Like there's a Louis Theroux. Louis Theroux one, ones. and there's a uh, there's a really good uh, Nick Broomfield one as well. Yeah, oh, good. Yeah, but well, um, I do. I'm glad you like a good uh, prison drama. How do you feel about quite poor prison dramas? That I've sounds, already had a look. That sounds a great idea. Um, <laughs> I will. I will look forward to quite a poor prison drama. Thanks, John. Good. It's a good choice, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, well, they've got Shawshank Redemption there. Have you seen no, that? I've never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, good. Anyway, it's going to be awesome. Anyway, so that's three films you've watched this time, and I think. One sort of recommend from me, a definite, very strong recommend from you, yes. and a kind of, don't really bother, but it's kind of not the worst thing we've ever seen from both of us. Yeah, absolutely. Which isn't bad. And next time, it's going to be prison dramas. Love it. Prison dramas it so, is. So, everyone out there in listener land, we'll be back with you after we've uh, subjected ourselves to three prison dramas. If you want us to watch anything, let us know. The email is wewatchanything at gmail.com. The Twitter is at wewatchanything. The Facebook is wewatchanything. You can see a trend here, can't you? Um, <laughs> get in touch. Films, genres, people, loose subject matters. Anything that you think we should watch for you, just let us know. Yes. You're a brilliant conversationist. <laughs> Until next time. Until next time, listeners. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye from me. And Bye-bye from me. That was so lame, I like it. (laughs)